0: Ah, here we go hi everybody nice to see you welcome back my name is dean and um special day today uh only a couple topics to get to people who blow themselves up <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a little bit of that over the last couple of days And they include, these two people include a couple of little things That, that I need some help kind of trying to figure out And what better Sherpa uh, in, the, in, the, in the Canadian media ecosphere What better individual than the godfather of Canadian radio uh, Than one of the most successful broadcasters The conscience of journalism in this beautiful country we like to call Canada Please welcome to the program from the Charles Adler podcast, Mr. Charles Adler, ladies and gentlemen. Charles Adler, how are you, sir? Nice to see Good. you. thank you. Good to thank see you very you. much. I'm
1: getting yeah. used to, you're getting, you're getting used to this uh, podcast thing, you know. I uh, I didn't think I could enjoy being public without being interrupted constantly by six minutes of stale commercials and traffic reports and yeah. newscasts read by people who can't even pronounce Kissinger. But I got over that, and uh, we're we're enjoying the podcast, so... Thanks very much, friends.
0: Oh, dude, great to be here. Uh Charles has your own podcast. Charles is the truth teller here at Cryer Media. You can get his podcast at the Cryer yeah. Media Network. You can also get it anywhere you get your fine podcast. You mess- messenger message. You mentioned, excuse me, professional broadcaster Dean Blundell, by the way. Um, you mentioned Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, yes. who died yesterday. I have never in my life. Never in my life have I seen people dance on the graves of of, of I, and listen, I'm not like I don't know a whole bunch about Henry Kissinger. I've heard seen the word war criminal. I've seen the word coup. I've seen the word Pinochet. I know he was uh, part of the Nixon cabinet, et cetera, et cetera. But um, can you kind of fill us in on why everybody's celebrating the death of Henry Kissinger in a yeah. big, bad way? Can you tell yeah, me for those people
1: is? who are watching uh, this podcast, I realize that uh, many are, are listening. That's fine. I appreciate that. but for those who are watching who are wondering where my head was down, um uh, it was not because I was uh, deep in prayer. I was uh, trying to uh, respond uh, to a text about Henry Kissinger being a war criminal um which which he I guess the most accurate way of putting it he was an unindicted uh, war criminal uh, uh-huh. if if many others doing exactly the same things. Uh, Might have ended up with Milosevic and the other uh, trash in in The Hague at the International Criminal Court. But the, the most important thing to remember about Henry Kissinger is Henry Kissinger absolutely owned the mind of Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon revered Kissinger. And it's entirely possible that if it had not been for Henry Kissinger, hundreds of thousands of people in Southeast Asia specifically Laos, Cambodia and Vietnam uh, would've, would would have been alive, left left to, to, to live. and of course that would mean you know a exponentially larger number, uh, millions of, of, of grandchildren mm-hmm. uh, who were never born, uh, children and grandchildren who were never born because of Henry Kissinger's unindicted war crimes. Hmm. Um, yeah,
0: he, he's, he's the guy that started Nam, right? Like he was the dude that was like, yeah, we got to go into Vietnam. We need some kind of distraction. Well, they
1: were, they were in Vietnam before, uh, Kissinger, but Kissinger helped to keep that horrible, horrible thing happening in the name of honor. Uh, they couldn't end the war without ending it with honor. And mm. for, for Kissinger, uh, who was a power freak, um, a tyrant for him, honor was defined by murdering hundreds of thousands People, um, mm. the the it, it it has always amazed me that the mainstream media so revered Kissinger just as Nixon did. He was like a, a Svengali, had that kind of Svengali or that kind of Rasputin effect. By the way, if you ever get a chance, we need to play Rasputin a little bit Boniam. of Rasputin. Yeah, Boney M. Because it's just one of the. Greatest
0: things ever, and I can't... Uh, oh, first of all, first of all, up. no, it isn't. It's one of the worst songs ever recorded. I loved it. Rah, rah, yeah. and, it's, and it literally gives me PTSD and reminds me of Christmas in Saskatchewan yeah. with my entire family every single time because of the Boney M Christmas record, and then they put on another Boney M record. So ba- be,
1: Babylon didn't do much for you either? The, no, you know, no, nothing. One Absolutely one. nothing, no. I loved everything. I even love the name Boney M. I don't yeah, know, I know you mean. do. Well, I'm pretty I sure do. I do, dude. I don't. <laughs> I have sure. no idea. What, but in any case, moving from Bollem uh, to yeah. Kissinger, you know what? Let's let's just get past it. Um, yeah. He lived to see a hundred. Uh, he lived far too long, but he was bound to die.
0: Yeah. And this week he did. Well, there you go. Henry Kissinger is dead. From the voice of Charles Adler. Uh, what do you? What else did you say? Oh, he's dude. Uh, he's a war criminal, and he was, probably, it, and it he's was dead. I don't. I don't do New York Times obituaries. Okay. <laughs> I just speak from the heart. Well, you should. You should. That might be next for us doing obits, verbal obits of bad people. Um, yeah. I want to get to a couple of things uh, with you today because, uh, and specifically one, because you and I had a long chat last night. And, yeah. you know, obviously we send information back and forth. And one of the incredible stories in the last couple of years is the rise of Elon Musk, his ownership of Twitter, uh, his ability to say whatever he wants unfettered because he's one of the richest guys in the entire world. And he's, you know, a victim of himself, steps in it all the time. He said yesterday in this interview, we're going to play clips of it, which was an absolute unmitigated disaster uh, with uh, Andrew Sorkin from the uh, New York Times and and uh, claims to be friends. We'll get to that in just a minute. But fresh off of an what appeared to be an apology tour of Israel after he, he supported an anti-Semitic tweet, which has since been deleted. And let's just get to the tweet real quick. Uh, Someone tweeted, Okay, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing dot, dot, dot. I don't even need to finish it. Uh, Elon then boosts that with a reply. He says, you have said the actual truth. Um, you know, and, and the, the format and the, and the ecosystem of Twitter is no stranger to anti-Semitism and the the enabling or the boosting of certain uh, accounts that believe anti-Semitism is just an alternative opinion, which is widely gathered. The ADL has been on his ass this entire yeah. time saying, hey, dude, you got to take all this stuff down. You're promoting hatred. Um, and it all kind of came to a head yesterday where he basically told all of his advertisers they could uh, FO, if you will and uh, not just his advertisers, but naming some of his biggest advertisers by name, uh, specifically Bob Iger from Disney. I'd like to play the clip, and I want to get your thoughts because this is one of, if not one of the worst business decisions in public I have ever seen in my life. Let's watch it together. Obviously,
2: you know that there's a public perception that, and and you're clarifying this now, um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a, apology tour if you will that this had been said online there was all of the criticism there was advertisers leaving we talked to Bob Iger I hope today. they stop you hope uh, don't advertise you don't want them to advertise no what do you mean if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising blackmail me with money go fuck yourself <laughs> but go fuck yourself <laughs> Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't about, advertise. How do you think then about the economics of, of X? If, 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 if part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift, maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, what G- do you do? F, I, I understand that, but there's a reality too, <laughs> right? Yes. No. No. It, it, I, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino's right here, and she's got to sell I, I, advertising. Absolutely. So, um, no. No. Tell totally, totally. so, so. So. No. No. Actually, what, what this advertising boycott is uh, is, is going to do is it's, it's going to kill the company. And you think that the company? I, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there, are, those advertisers, I imagine, are going to say. They're going to say, we didn't kill the company. Oh, yeah. They're going to say. Tell it to to Earth. But they're going to say that they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. Right. That's that's what they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. OK.
0: Earth. How You know, it's one thing to see how Earth responds to it. It's very generic. It's another thing to see how you respond to this because uh, I thought it was one of the most awkward exchanges and the worst business decisions ever, Charles.
1: You know, I mentioned uh, the other day about uh, certain politicians just being uh, click whores and it's, uh it's not good for the world. It's, it's not good for Canada. It's not good for democracy. And Elon Musk at times is a click whore. I mean, he knows that if he says, you know, basically, you know, go make love to yourself or in whatever way he chooses to say it. Uh, He knows that that's going to get a lot of action. It'll get a lot of action on X. It'll get a lot of action on Instagram and, you know, everywhere on on, on social media and and that To Elon Musk is a very big deal. He likes to be the center of attraction. He's got some kind of narcissist thing going on, but mostly what he's got going on is a consequence-free life. Because he's the richest person in the world, He feels that Bob Iger at Disney and the others who are not advertising on X right now, we used to be called Twitter. uh, He just feels that nobody can hurt him. And this is his way of saying over and over and over again, I am the richest guy in the world. So go, go reproduce, go forth and multiply. You can't touch me. I'm untouchable. And if that sounds like the feelings of a child Yeah, some people call this arrested development. I just think that Elon Musk would not be doing much of this or most of this or maybe any of this if he wasn't so rich that he just personally will not be affected. If X goes down from Elon Musk's point of view, whatever, I was getting bored with it anyway.
0: The Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by FactCheck.io. FactCheck.io, makers of the world's most comprehensive fact-checking software that have been very busy building some software so that you can fact-check anything that you read. It doesn't matter. If it's got a URL, you'll be able to fact-check it. Alternative sources, origins, whether or not it was an organic or inorganic campaign, whether or not you can trust the people that are putting out the information so that you can give yourself agency over information in the age of disinformation. Again. Want to beta test their product? They're going to launch it in the next month or two. Go to factcheck.io today. F A K T C H E K.io. Back to the show. As always, the Dean Blundell show is brought to you by our friends at factcheck.io. Factcheck.io. Do you believe? The good people at Factcheck are a quorum of software professionals, psychological professionals, journalists And they use some of the finest software technology to be able to give you the advantage when it comes to getting agency back in your life, when it comes to information that you read. Go to factcheck.io today. For more information, sign up for the beta test, F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. You know, and there's obviously there's that's part of the narrative, right? And he's being celebrated in certain circles today for being the guy who can, you know, run fast and break stuff and not give a crap. Uh, he's also being celebrated by people saying, you know, way to go, way to stand up to the establishment. Um, but you know, we still have some material issues here, The material issue of him spending 44 billion of other people's money on Twitter. Uh, the, the, uh, issue that now it is worth roughly between eight to 10 billion latest valuation that I saw this morning. So he's somehow torched 34 billion in value in yeah. the last year, year and a half since he's taken over. Um, You know, and the advertisers, which were 90 percent are now down to 59 percent in Disney and a whole bunch of other advertisers have said, hey, listen, if you're going to enable this kind of hatred, if you're going to be boosting this kind of anti-Semitism and and I want to get to what qualifies as anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic shit, I want to get to that. But I do want to understand really quickly, you know, if 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 there are material issues here for a guy like Elon Musk. And he's not going to pay attention to those material issues. And he chooses you know, his ego or his ability to be this person in public or to get clicks over the livelihood of the people that work there, the money that he's borrowed from other people. What does that say to you? What does it say about him as an individual? Because it can't just be about clicks, Chuck, in my mind. It's got to be something else.
1: Well, he, 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 li- he likes making trouble. I mean, if you, if you just heard uh, a story about a nine-year-old being given tens of billions of dollars to do whatever he wants, to buy whatever he wants for toys, to turn serious institutions, media institutions, whatever, to turn anything he likes into a toy, because the nine-year-old is now the richest person in the world, you'd say, well, of course, he's he's a nine-year-old. He's behaving like a nine-year-old. I think we get distracted by the fact that Elon Musk is not a nine-year-old. He's, you know, more than five times... Uh, the age of a nine-year-old, and then you should have grown up by now. But something happens. I'm I'm, I'm capitalist. I'm pro-free enterprise. I'm not a commie, a socialist, pinko, none of those ridiculous things, okay? However, I'm the first to admit that some people are, are irresponsible when they get loaded up with too much money. And uh, I think that the best thing that could ever happen to, to X is for it to be sold. And I, I don't really care who he sells it to. I just wanted to sell it to a real business, and if they only pay him nine million or ten million, that's still a whole lot better than making the thing go bust because it's it's on the road to bust right now.
0: Yeah, it's the least used, by the way, least used of the top, I think, fifteen or twenty uh, social media apps worldwide. Disney has not responded to what he said, which is like, "Hey, Bob, go f yourself." But it, you know, again, bigger than that, he didn't just say it to Bob Iger; he said it to all advertisers. Yeah, right. He said can, it can, you to everybody. Being,
1: can you imagine being the the head of the advertising department uh, for Twitter? Uh, can you imagine uh, working for the ad department? Can you imagine working for any any department in Twitter right now? When you're 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 watching your boss literally burn the thing down. I mean, he comes across to me. I mean, I, I don't get too distracted by the F word. I, you know, I've been on this planet for for a while. I, I've been involved in the show business for a while. I've heard the F word so often, it has no impact on me. Generally, when I hear people use the F word, I just think they're being intellectually lazy, especially when smart yeah. people, Elon Musk, are, are using the, the F word. I don't want to get overly uh, moralistic about this. It's not about morals. It's about style. If you've got a vocabulary of 15,000 words, but you insist on using only the F word, you know, you've know, you got a problem. So yeah. I don't get distracted by the F word. What, what I see him as is an arsonist. He is burning down a company, that means he's burning down jobs, jobs, jobs. He's burning down the, the jobs of people who don't have anywhere near his kind of money, anywhere near his kind of freedom. And for them and their families, the job, their job, working for him, that job is not a toy. And so when mm. human beings are being treated like toys, I don't care whether it's a, a, a dictator in North Korea or this particular person, In the United States or Europe or South Africa or wherever he wants to be at any given moment. The other day uh, in Israel doing what you called and what other people are calling the the apology tour because of all of the anti-Semitism that's on Twitter and some of the anti-Semitism that he's doing. I I can say this even though I don't know Elon Musk. I honestly think that when Elon Musk says he's not an anti-Semite, he means it. I think he traffics in anti-Semitism. He has fun with it. That, too, for him is a toy that makes him amoral, that makes him irresponsible, that makes him a lot of things. But I hesitate in tagging everybody that's on the wrong side of any particular issue as being an anti-Semite, because I think that lets the real heinous anti-Semites off the hook. I think the word is used too often, anti-Semite is used too often, Nazi is used too often, and some other words. And I, I don't think it does Jewish people any favors to be tagging as many people as we are as anti-Semites. I think that the the real anti-Semites are, are obvious. You know, when, when someone goes to a so-called pro-Palestine demonstration, as they did last night in New York at a Christmas tree lighting, and uh, they're, they're, they're screaming obvious anti-Semitic words at people, and what are they, these people doing? Why are, why are they getting this? Well, they are looking obvious. They are looking like Hasidic Jews, and that is incurring the wrath Of the anti-Semites. That's genuine anti-Semitism and that ought to be called out. Interestingly, it was at a Christmas tree lighting ceremony and a Christmas tree lighting ceremony is not about uh, evangelizing for Judaism. It's really about uh, Christ uh, and and, and the light of Christ being shone on the world. That's really what a Christmas uh, tree lighting ceremony is about. That's really what Christmas is all about. And it's interesting that these anti-Semites are doing all of this at a Christmas tree lighting ceremony, but it wouldn't be the first time. As uh, anyone who's read uh, Martin Niemoller uh, knows, it wouldn't be the first time that anti-Semites show you—they show you very loudly and proudly—that they may scream the most about the Jews, but they hate a lot of other people do, and they're perfectly happy to come after them.
0: Mm. Uh, Charles is great point. Is is when you when you when you think? And I know he espouses you know or boosts anti-Semitic folks. I know he's got. People on his platform that have anti-Israel and anti-Jewish, not just leanings, but you know, virulent hatred for Jews that we see on a daily basis on that that platform. Um, and this boycott is a result of you know that narrative and the narrative that's built around it. And you talk about the collaring of people unnecessarily sometimes with that name. Do you think that's what he's genuinely angry about, or do you think he's disguising? Some of his behaviors under the idea that people like to use those words innocuously or people like to collar people innocuously because that's what he's been trying to say. Right. What he's been trying to say is, you know, the woke this and the radical that uh, can't have their cake and eat it, too. But, you know, to me, you know, the stuff and, and the people that he platforms are clearly anti-Semitic in a lot of cases, and he wouldn't have gone to Israel uh, to hang out with Mr. Netanyahu and make a big ballyhoo out of it and bring a camera crew and then come back and talk to people, um, you know, at this Q&A to address it, right? Like, he doesn't like being accountable, and so I found it fascinating that he said it wasn't an apology tour, but... To me, you know, his actions spoke like it was. Well, because he doesn't he doesn't believe in apologies. And
1: there are a lot of people, authoritarians and others, who feel that every time you uh, offer an apology or if you ever offer an apology, it, it makes you look uh, vulnerable. It makes you look less than, than strong and mighty. But as far as the anti-Semitism is concerned, I think for him, it's just business. I think there's an enormous market uh, for anti-Semitism. Uh, there's an enormous uh, market that he is uh, tapping into and uh there's 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 no way that anyone can prove to me that since uh, ne- elon musk opened the gates uh to floods and floods of anti-semitism that uh there's less uh, tweeting going on that there that the that the 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 platform is is becoming less used advertising has certainly been hit because a lot of people don't want to advertise that kind of crap and i don't blame them but elon musk as i say he loves the clicks he loves the attention and since allowing a lot of accounts that had been suspended for their anti-semitism since uh, giving them back their their licenses um, he has basically uh, increased in his mind the power of Twitter and I think we have to remind ourselves the, these people uh, are all at the end of the trail and that's why sometimes a whole lot of sophisticated analysis is completely unnecessary you know whatever their particular psychological proclivities are at the end of the trail they're all about one thing all the people who get on our nerves they're about power Mm -hmm. and 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 some people become hungry for power they get some power they become hungry for more and Elon Musk is as ravenous a power monger as anyone I've seen lately and that's uh that's not an ugly thing to say it's a truthful thing to say you know there it is on the screen for those people who are watching I'm known as Adler, the truth teller. Uh, There's no money that's coming to me for telling the truth about Elon Musk as I see it.
0: But it's the truth. And that's why I'm telling it. Mm. No, I appreciate that, too, because I think a lot of people saw it. And the other thing that is very truthful, if you're watching with us on YouTube, Cryer Media or Dean Blundell Show on YouTube, you can rate, subscribe and watch this live if you're just listening to it on any one of the audio hosting podcast uh, hosting services whether it be Google Apple Spotify uh, what you didn't see you heard it what you didn't see was his demeanor what you didn't see is how disheveled he looked and, and like a like a like a dollar store Indiana Jones with his bomber bomber jacket um and his disheveled hair who i mean he had fresh off a trip to israel and he went right to new york for that uh q a with uh andrew sorkin who he called jeff later on in the interview that was a lot of fun so they yeah, were yeah, friends yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he
1: called him uh, i think he called him <laughs> i think he called him jonathan he yeah,
0: said, yeah, yeah i'm jonathan. only doing
1: it i'm only doing this because we're good friends Jonathan.
0: Wait, jonathan what a, I'm what andrew. a load of
1: crap I'm, I'm only i'm only on a broadcast that's being seen around the world Yeah, on one of the premier business channels of NBC, so it'll be seen on NBC as well. Never mind all the social media. So I'm only here at the center of the universe in New York City because you're my friend, Jonathan. And Jonathan, of course, is not Jonathan. He's Andrew.
0: Andrew. Andrew says, "Oh, by the way, my name is
1: (laughs) my
2: name is Andrew. Actually,
1: yeah. Here's
0: here's the clip. Let's just watch it real quick. Let's just watch this.
2: So I will certainly not pander. And Jonathan, like the only reason I'm here is because you are a friend. Like, what was my speaking fee? It, you you're not making my... any. Hey, first exactly. of all, I'm Andrew. But, uh,
0: yeah, sorry. It's okay. Uh, second of all, we've known each other for a very long time. <laughs> first of all, I'm Andrew. Um, but you saw it there again. You saw how fidgety he was. You saw how disheveled he was. Yeah. And you saw his own self-importance, the interpretation of his own <laughs> self-importance, where he's like, you know, we're friends. The only reason I'm here is because of you. What yeah. is my speaking fee? I mean, listen to me. He's got this God complex, in my opinion. But, but I, want, I want to get to um, <laughs> Of course, how- if,
1: if Andrew Sorkin wasn't writing for the New York Times, if yeah. Andrew Sorkin hadn't written a number of screenplays for a lot of, of made-for-TV stuff, he's just a, a tremendous writer. Anyway, if Andrew Sorkin wasn't world famous, uh, I, I, I don't think that Elon Musk would be calling him his friend, even though he yeah. he called him the wrong name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're great friends, Jonathan. It's Andrew. Okay. Whatever. Um, but his demeanor told me a lot and I'm a big body language guy. You know, you look yeah. at and I want your opinion on that too, because he seemed incredibly fidgety. He yeah. seemed very uncomfortable and is, and he seemed emotional and I'm a big fan of like being able to control your emotions in the moment. It says a lot about someone that has the ability to respond. Well, someone who isn't, jacked up, someone who isn't angry. When you're angry and I see that you're angry, two things that I do is I pick, 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 pick at the scab, and you let everybody know when you're angry that you're not centered, you're not well, and that's kind of what I saw. I saw a man who was not well get overly emotional, respond in an incredibly poor way on behalf of his company, and really give it away. Did you see kind of the same thing, Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had three
1: three gears, uh, passive-aggressive, hyper-aggressive, and irrational. Uh, th- those are those are not three gears that make you successful as a business person. But the point that needs to be hammered home over and over and over again is he's already successful, and that's why he's allowing himself to do all of this. He wasn't doing this, and he wasn't doing this. This obviously on the road to success, I and mean, he's he just he's it, it, the, one of the problems that Elon, Elon Musk has, and he's a brilliant guy. So I'm not trying to take anything away from his basic intelligence. He's a brilliant guy. He has a low attention span. He gets bored very easily. And when he gets bored, he's a threat, mm-hmm. mainly to himself and his business partners.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's kind of the case with all of us, right? Anytime we get bored with what we're doing, we're like, we start looking around for something else to do. Well, you know, we start- you know what the deal is between you
1: and me? That the, yeah. the most important
0: uh, aspect of our relationship is our pledge to
1: each other not to be boring. You get boring, I'm out of here. Yeah. How am I doing today? You're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're on the money. I mean, you only made one mistake. You called Elon Musk Jeff cuz yes. you got this Jeff uh, fetish going now you call, you know uh, Ever since you found out that Pierre Paulie is was Jeff, you got this you got this Jeff thing going on. I totally do. I totally, do. I totally I got then, a real you know, Jeff King. Before 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 we wrap up in a few minutes, you're going to be calling yeah. him Jeff Musk. <laughs> you're going to be calling me, You're going to be calling me Jeff Adler. You're going to be calling yourself Jeff Blundell. You need
0: help, man. I know, buddy, I know, but you're you're going to be a Jeff with a G. That's the really uh that's the I really need. high class Jeff. The but, Jeff but with the to, G I, is the I, pedestrian for you, Jeff. You're, you're,
1: I know you're based in Toronto and you love Toronto. Yeah. Even though you like a lot of Toronto. Oh, I really don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you have a million opportunities to live anywhere in the world. You choose to live in Toronto. Just admit it. You love Toronto. Fine. I can find you a shrink in Toronto named <laughs> Jeff.
0: I can do it by four o'clock today. I guarantee you, you. Because I've got a real Jeff Kink, apparently. So I really <laughs> appreciate that, if you will. Um, you know, it it it's it's one thing, and I and again, it it's one thing to watch him burn down the house. It's one thing to watch him not care. But like, how many people stand at the door of the bakery they just bought and they tell everybody trying to come in to go F themselves, Chuck? Like, how it's, many people it's, do that? It's, it's a- there is there is something about, well, look, for
1: him to say what he said to the advertisers, he is, you know, and, and pretend that it doesn't matter to him. He clearly cares. He clearly cares that he's in the doghouse with all of these advertisers. But if there's one thing that Elon Musk does know about his own business, there's no way that he could have become as successful as he is without a lot of people putting money in his bank account and putting money on him especially when he was a less solid figure than he is right now. He wasn't always Mr. Tesla, okay? Uh, Tesla is one of history's great success stories, and Elon Musk deserves a lot of credit. But Elon Musk could not have done it alone. He needed to access capital. So when he sees some of the world's (laughs) most serious capitalists dismissing him and dissing him
0: and turning on him at some level, it's got to bother him. Well, and I think that's why we saw the response that we saw, right? When everybody decides to pull out. And the lack of accountability in the statements that he made yesterday. Say what you want about the meltdown and how disheveled and awful he looked, and how unwell he looked. But the lack of ca- lack of accountability or accountability capital that I saw yesterday was truly phenomenal. And it was really from the end of that, qu- uh, that, that whole thing where he was like, hey, listen, they, this boycott, they, the advertisers that we should be Bending over backwards for, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I'm adding my own stuff into this. Bending over backwards for can go F themselves. They will be the end of this company. The they's, in this case, are massive corporations with huge social media budgets. He is underwater, and he's telling people that it's going to be their fault if they don't want to have anything to do being on a format and a a platform and an app. That he can say whatever he wants, including promoting anti-Semitic stuff and images that are totally wrong and conspiracy theories about Paul Pelosi. I mean, you know, it's 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 bizarre because it just shoves accountability over to other people when really a fair-minded individual can look at this and go, "Hey, listen, this is a brand safety issue for a lot of people, and it's a it's a it's a commerce issue and a capitalism issue more than it is anything else." And for a guy who believes in pure pure market capitalism to tell people to go after themselves. I find it disingenuously dumb, Chuck. You've never inspired
1: me more, my good friend, Jeff. Never, never more than right now. I moved.
0: I really am moved. What was your name again? Uh, Jeff. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the Charles Adler, at Charles Adler on Twitter, (laughs) Download his podcast anywhere you get your fine podcast. He is a legend. He is my friend. He is my mentor. And I've learned more from him in the last month and a half than I did from 12 years of school. So please do yourself a favor. Follow this man and download his podcast. Uh, And uh, thank you, Charles, for being here. Really appreciate it. Give him a follow on X as well while it's still around at Charles Adler is where you can find him or charlesadler.com. And uh, for everyone who's uh, paying attention to this and wants to hate on
1: me because you don't like my attitude. uh, You don't like my face. You don't like my voice, whatever it is. Okay. Whatever it is that you don't like and despise, please send your email to Jeff Adler at (laughs) gmail.com because I guarantee you
0: that I won't see it. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the Charles Adler. Thank you everybody for being here. I want to thank our clients. Our clients who we love, our advertisers, who, by the way, we love. We love our advertisers. We want more of them. We want to talk about you and hold you in high esteem, uh, including our friends at Cantor, Canada's Assembly Tool Experts, making rugged, hardworking, beautiful torque wrenches for all your bolting solutions. No matter the scale of your bolting project, it could be in nuclear it could be heavy machinery, forestry, railroad, doesn't matter. They got it, the very best in sales service, rentals, calibration, maintenance and custom fabrication of industrial torque tools. Go to cantork.com today, check out their new website and see what they can do for you. As well, we're always brought to you by our friends at Muse Massage Spa and muse on the mic podcast emily and riley lovely ladies they do an incredible job of their podcast where they educate you as to the uh, as to the industry that they are in which is the body rub sex industry and it is safe these are good people. They are advocates. They've got a Patreon account for Muse on the Mic. So if you want the real juice, you can go and subscribe to that. And you can also get their podcast at CryerMedia.co, which is crier.co or crier.ca. But don't forget to subscribe to the Muse on the Mic podcast and go and visit my friends, Emily and Riley, 1290 Finch Avenue West in the beautiful city of Toronto. And of course, brought to you by Gitch, the number one luxury branded underwear in this beautiful country, made by Canadians for Canadians, pouches are bigger in the front. That's right, luxury boxer briefs, pouch in the front. You'll love these things. Uh, and you can only get them at edsfineimports.com. And you use that promo code GITCH and then the number three, GITCH and then the number three. You, my friends, are going to be wearing some incredible underwear that nobody else makes the best boxer briefs on the planet from Ed's Fine Imports. Dot com. Have a lovely day, everybody. Appreciate you being here. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Visit us and go and subscribe anywhere you get your fine podcasts. Leave a review. That'd be lovely if you could. YouTube, Cryer Media, Dean Blundell Show, Cryer Media. Thank you very much for being here. Have a great day, friends. Bye-bye.
2: or sexy. Yeah. Catch, Catch us on, on the, the, the Dean Blundell Network. Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you. you do. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast
0: and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories all for free.